Many of us try to do the right thing when it comes to taking care of ourselves, exercise routines, eating good food, having relaxation time, mindfulness practices, pampering ourselves with massages and beauty appointments, and gosh, the list goes on and on. Yet so many people still feel emotionally empty inside. They look in the mirror and they still don't like what they see. They don't think that they deserve to feel good about who they are. It's a way of thinking that turns the self-care practices that are meant to be enjoyable into chores and ticking lists rather than looking at them of being able to help stress in an already stressful environment. So what happens when our self-care really doesn't shift our thinking and doesn't make us feel the way that it should? How can we ensure that doing all the right things to look after ourselves will make us feel good about the person that we actually see every single morning in the mirror? With me today to answer these questions and more is one of our superstar coaches on Hello Coach, Sharon. Sharon has over 20 years of experience coaching individuals and business leaders in how to overcome their personal and professional challenges to help take control of their businesses and their personal lives. Today, her coaching work focuses on helping people improve their health and well-being, alongside the ability to perform at their best and develop meaningful relationships with themselves and others. And it's a topic that I'm so excited to talk with Sharon about here this morning. So I'm very happy to have you here and good morning. Good morning. So it's lovely to have you on our show today. This is, I I don't want to be dramatic when I say it's an epidemic, but (laughs) self-care has been this is not a new challenge for people, even women or men. It's something that people have not prioritized in their life at all. Mm. And mm. not that we want to continue on having lots of COVID conversations, but I think that the last couple of years has given us an opportunity to really look at where the scales are out of balance in our professional and our personal lives. And I'd love to explore this topic with you further, because I know that this is something that you focus on with the clients that you're you're working with and who come and see you about the importance of self-care. So I'd love to dive in and get your expert definition on what happens when (laughs) self-care is not prevalent and what are the signs and symptoms that you are suffering from this ailment of lack of (laughs) self-care? It's yeah, it's a really, it's a very interesting topic because it, it is, it's really prevalent in society at the moment. I think that There's lots of men and women trying to, like you've said, like you've introduced, try to do all the right things around all these self-care practices, but then find that it all becomes too hard and and it doesn't give them the desired effect. And the reason for that, I think it comes down to their sense of relationship with themselves. I think that they're trying to make themselves feel good in an environment or in an internal environment where they inherently don't. And so it becomes a bit of a Band-Aid effect, all these self-care practices, because it's really just trying to make them feel better for the short term, but underlying it all, there's this, this wound that needs to be healed. And this is where I think the real work needs to be done. There was a lot in what yeah. you said. It was, it was all magic. Let, let's just backtrack a little bit and try mm. and unpack some of that. So learning or giving ourselves permission or making 
self-care a priority in our lives is often Mm. unfortunately learnt by default Mm. in terms of who we have had around us that models that behaviour, be it positive or not. So whether we've grown up in an environment where we've had close friends or parents that have demonstrated the ability to look after themselves and often, more cases than not, we have not had that positive experience and we have learned to put ourselves at the bottom of the pile when it comes to self-care. And then what can happen sometimes, and look, I just say this obviously because I've been a coach as well for 20 plus years. Yeah. I've seen very direct themes that when we have this lack, not even so much maybe awareness, but this lack of giving ourselves permission to look after ourselves, we then seek it externally, which is one of the things that you commented on. And what happens, it then puts huge amount of pressure on our close relationships around us to plug a hole or a void that Mm. really the journey of becoming a whole human being is having the capacity and the awareness and the tools to be able to grow as a whole individual and be able to meet your own needs rather than being reliant on others to fill those needs and therefore we spiral off into codependency. That is another whole conversation, but I'm just wanting to frame (laughs) up the journey of what happens when that happens and then what that then plays out in relationships and obviously ends up being frustration and and unhappiness ultimately. Mm. So I'd love for you to share in your experience when you've been dealing with this particular pain point and stress point, what are some of the signs and symptoms that a person or a client is not looking after themselves what do they present with when they come to a session with you that the alarm bells go on for you and you can instantly recognize that they're not looking after themselves? Yeah, that's a really good question. When we look at it, I I see and I hear in them that they're busy, they're very time poor because they're filling their time with lots of activities, whether it be relationship-based and speaking to people, going for coffees, hanging out with people, doing helping people out with their own needs, or it be some of these more obvious self-care practices, going for massages, doing the exercise peas, meal preparation, cooking good food. Ultimately, their diaries become really full and they're very busy, but they're exhausted. And they're, they're not necessarily exhausted because of how much they're doing, they're exhausted by how much they're not feeling fulfilled with those activities. Because I believe that we can all fill up our diaries with really useful and purposeful and fulfilling activities, and we can feel 100% energized from that. I don't think that the problem is that we've filled up our diaries necessarily. It's that the activities that we're doing are not giving us what we need. And so these people, they present as being very busy, but feeling unfulfilled. So they're tired and exhausted. Sometimes they have even this sense of resentment within them because they're constantly doing all this stuff, whether it be for themselves or it be for other people, but they don't ever feel like there's anything being done for them. And that isn't necessarily true. It's perhaps in the way that they're just perceiving it, which is sometimes 
a hard thing for people to get their head around sometimes. But actually, once we get, you know, obviously it's it's through a coaching process that we bring them to that point. So yes, they feel tired, sometimes resentful, they're exhausted. They also feel somewhat disconnected with themselves. They've sort of lost who they are in their journey that they've been on over this, you know, period of time before I speak to them. And they just don't feel like they know who they are anymore. They've lost touch with the person that they thought that they knew from a previous chapter in their life or before a significant experience takes place for them in their life. And I think they're all significant symptoms. The other thing would definitely be that their sense of connection with some of these key relationships in their life actually doesn't feel as deep or as genuine as they would like it to be. The relationships can sometimes feel a bit superficial and, again, a bit one way because they feel like they're the ones that are always inputting into the relationship. You've mentioned a couple of things there, some really, (laughs) really good, great points. So one I heard, you raised an aspect that self-care potentially, well, self-care has two sides. One is being able to give to yourself, so going for the massages and taking time out. And then there's another part that you mentioned, which I'd love to talk about, is actually recognizing when self-care is coming your way and having the ability to, A, receive it, Mm. secondly, recognize it, Mm. thirdly, appreciate it, and don't miss the signals rather than stomping your way through life, not feeling loved and appreciated. And therefore that comes down to, and I love the five languages of love. I know it has been around for so many years, but it is such, Mm. we probably need to have a separate podcast around this, Sharon, but there is such a beautiful philosophy and practical understanding of how we give and receive love. And then if we can fine tune, I recommend to anyone who's listening, go and take that test because it's pretty cool for you to understand how you actually do love, how you express love, how you show others love. Mm. And if you're missing the signals that are coming back, you run the risk of not feeling as though you are being cared for if you are in a relationship and or if you're not in an intimate relationship, even with your friends and family. You yeah, know, 100%. Show up for you. So I wanted just to touch touch on those points. And I know you're, you mentioned that people's schedules are busy and I know, Sharon, you are busy. You run mm-hmm. a house, you run a business. You obviously, you're working with us at Hello Coach. You're working with numerous clients and you are a mum of three little human beings. Two, but yes, Two, they're twins. Sorry, so sorry. That, that counts, right? <laughs> my apologies. And so my question to you is, I love the journey of our coaches being able to share some of their own experiences because I think this is where we get some really rich intel. So yeah. tell me, how do you navigate self-care given that mm. you have a very busy household and you represent a lot of our listeners, be it you know, both parents are working with young families and running businesses. Mm. Tell me, I'd, I'd love to hear some of your little gold nuggets of how do you balance your self-care? Yeah, again, a good question. Um, (laughs) I'll pre-frame this with it hasn't always been this way, right? That this is a journey that is learned over time. And I think this is the one of one of the wonderful, and again, this is another whole podcast topic, but I think this is one of the wonderful things about age and maturity is that we learn how to appreciate ourselves more and more, I think, as we get older. Well, not necessarily for everyone, but 
for many people that becomes part of the journey. But again, it's a really good question. I love it. <laughs> I've totally put you on the spot. And no, it's fine. It's good. I And look, we're going to be very blessed because Mark is also, your husband is one of our coaches and we're going to be having a conversation with Mark uh, yeah. next week. So I, I probably should balance the scales and ask him the same question. Yeah. <laughs> And I do agree with you. It is a, it's an ebb and flow and it's learning along the way what works Mm. for you. And as your own connection deepens with yourself, first and foremost, you then start to recognize the really critical and the non-negotiables and the deal breakers of what you need to be doing and having you on our conversation this morning. I know that you're based in WA and you've got up early to Mm. be with us this morning, which I'm incredibly grateful for. However, it's like 6am right now in your, Mm. you know, in your world. And Mm. I've had many philosophies over the years, but one is superwoman really doesn't exist. And it's, uh, I know we would love to think that we are, but it's, it's making different choices along the way on what fills your bucket and everything in its right place. There is compromises along the way, but it's being able to make healthy compromises. Yes, exactly. Conscious compromises. So what are some of the practices that you have in your life? Totally appreciate that it's been a, you know, decade long plus journey in your own personal life. Mm. What are some of the things that are non-negotiables for you with your level of self-care with your environment? I think that underlying it all has to be this perception, this belief, this attitude of I'm worth it. So I'm worth giving myself this time, this space, I'm worth having this sense of contentment. I'm worth having this sense of happiness within myself. That has to, number one, underlie all of this. Following on from that, it's actually like what you've just touched on. It's actually finding what I like to call your own unique recipe around what makes you feel good. So for me, one of the key th- key criteria is exercise. I exercise more now for the feeling of feeling fulfilled within myself, um, having mental clarity, and just acknowledging that it's my time to do something that I enjoy that and that helps me to perform at my best. So exercise is definitely something that I personally love to do. It also has so many physical benefits in terms of hormones and energy levels and obviously health benefits as well. So I, I do believe it's a it's important criteria for a lot of people, but it's particularly important for me. And I like to do it in the mornings. Sometimes though, it doesn't happen in the mornings. And so this is probably one of the other key criteria is having flexibility in all of this in acknowledging what it is that you want to do and that makes up your recipe, but having some level of flexibility in how it is that you go about you know, achieving that and delivering on that for yourself. Because sometimes, yes, my girls get up earlier than expected and I can't exercise on that particular morning, but I can still exercise that day. And so it's having that flexibility to, to know that I can still make it work and that it doesn't have to be so rigid based on a rule of only exercising in the morning. I think that rigidity that that people feel like that they need to have because they actually are just trying so hard to make it happen for them really trips them up sometimes. I've heard a couple of other really great points. One is have flexibility. I've said I've these to, to clients that 
I, I run the 80-20 rule. 80% yes. of the time you hit the mark and yes. 20% you need to allow for blowout with yes. whatever that is. Same, yeah. You made a very important point that just say you're having a 20% day and you, you don't get to exercise in the morning and the girls get up early. The thing that I heard, the really critical thing that I heard you say there was, yes, flexibility, but driving that flexibility is the deep desire for commitment to do it regardless at some point in the day. You just don't throw your hands up and go, oh, well, can't do it today. And then what happens then if you don't do it that day, your mental clarity becomes fuzzy. You don't have as much energy. You're not as focused and you just don't feel good because you didn't take that time for yourself. So I'm hearing in that conversation that yes, adopting that 80-20 rule, have flexibility, but still make the commitment at somewhere at some point in that day Mm. to take a moment for yourself to do Mm. the thing. And we're talking about exercise at this point, Mm. to do that activity that fills your heart and fills your body and fills your mind. And you just, you just don't let it go. You still show up for yourself just at another point in the day. Yeah, exactly. And, and even like, I will go into the week with a bit of a plan on, and I I don't want to focus just on exercise. I think there's so many different wellbeing activities that can be done, but if the plan is to say, go for a run in the morning and that's not possible now, then I, the activity itself can even change. You know, I might choose to do something in my gym or something like that. It's focusing more on the what rather than being super hypervigilant on the how it's, the how is where the flexibility needs to come in. The what is what needs to stay firm. Got it. That was another yeah. really important point that you made. <laughs> Tell me some of the other solutions and strategies that clients come to you for that together you have brainstormed around helping their self-care activities. What are some common ones and what are some really crazy ones that you've heard over the time but works for the client? Yeah, look, I... I think there are so many different things. I mean, I love it when women um, express me and men, actually, I don't hear it as much from men. I would love it if I heard it more from men where they just say that that whole thing of dancing, like no one else is in the room and just letting yourself loose, putting on some of your favorite music and just boogieing in your own living room and making yourself smile and just feeling good and letting loose. I think that is that is probably one of the, the funner, more enjoyable, and it certainly brings a smile to my face when I think of people just putting on their favourite tune in their living room and just like dancing around a little crazy, if you like, in their living room. That's a cool one. I think journaling is a really nice activity for a lot of people to do. And it can be, I do talk about journaling sometimes with people in that And I actually heard this from um, Hugh Jackman. He talks about journaling, making sure that you journal the positive things as much as you journal the negative things. Because I think a lot of people journal the hardships and the pain points that they've been through as a way of offloading and expressing those emotions and getting rid of them. But actually, isn't it nice to be able to reflect back if you're going to reflect back on the positive stuff even more so than than the negative. So I think journaling is a nice idea for people. Gratitude journals are especially important because it just sets our mind up in a positive frame. Playing music, sometimes playing music can be challenging if you're learning a new instrument, but if you've got the skills to, to play an instrument just at your will, I think is a beautiful thing to be able to just indulge yourself with. Obviously reading is beautiful. 
more physical activity activities, you know, walking, getting out in nature. I think just being in nature and, and going for a bushwalk or finding a trail that you can go and discover hidden parts of your local environment or not so local environment is a really beautiful activity to do. So that sense of exploring Then, of course, there's your yoga activities that people both get a physical benefit from in terms of strength and flexibility, but also get some recovery from. What else? You've hit some, like I've made a very long list of everything that you've said. (laughs) This is all really great because it's wonderful to be able to share. I mean, you've been a coach for, gosh, like decades, Mm. two decades plus. And Mm. I think it's wonderful to be able to share your experience and insights being on the front line because I think essentially, I know this is a general statement, sweeping general statement, we're not different in that many ways that we all need self-care. We all need to look after who we are and it doesn't matter our life circumstances or who's in our life or who's not in our life or the Mm. various stresses that are going on in our world. It's being able just you've just solidified in our conversation again and again, that the number one place to start is our decision and our choice to make a commitment to love who you are. And I don't want that to sound all corny and spiritual and woo-woo, but it's just, it's putting, it's a non-negotiable that doing an activity, I mean, this is something that I still practice in my life, doing one activity every single day where I show up for myself, whether it is, I mean, I exercise a lot like you, I think it's incredibly important, but having a creative outlet as well. And I've taken up the piano again after centuries and and, uh, it's been on my list for a number of years, but it's going back almost to doing childlike activities again and having that creative outlet. And yes, I refuse to play at the moment in front of my friends, but that's okay. <laughs> I, I it's coming. Around, I around, maybe not. I clunk <laughs> around on the piano at the end of the day and my poor son, whether it's scales or whatever, but it's just having an outlet to let loose. And that's the yes. other really important point that you've raised that there is so much There is so much constriction in our lives already with the demands that we have on us. And to be able to have a breakout period in the day where you give yourself permission to express yourself in whatever way you need in that moment, depending on the day that you've had. And it may be that you need to download and journal, or it might be that you need to go and go for a a nature walk at the end of the day and watch the sunset or exercise, as you said, it's Mm. giving yourself permission and making the commitment that at some point in that day, you will show up for yourself no matter what. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. There's a couple of points that I'm thinking about now off the back of what you've just said. I think you mentioned about the play, like the childlike play. I mean, it's one of the most beautiful gifts that my two girls have given me is, is that childlike play. And for my recent birthday, I got given art sets so that I can draw and sketch because I've started drawing more with the girls and the girls will say to me, oh, can you draw me Elsa from Frozen or whatever? And, And so I, you know, I draw it out. And now one of my daughters, she's taken to watching like YouTube videos on how to draw as well and like she stops it and like she's five but she plays the video she pauses it at the right spot she draws it herself 
and it, it comes back around. And now I've got this art set of my own that I, I thought for my birthday, it was a significant birthday. So I wanted stuff that was significant and it was especially for me. And so I asked for these art sets. So now I've got these beautiful sketch pencils and these sketch pads. And so now I can spend that time with the girls still and they're doing their own drawing and I'm doing my drawing. But at the same time, I also put some time aside separately for myself to do those activities. I think the beautiful thing as parents, if you are a parent, it's fascinating to set up examples for our children that they learn and they model themselves going back on what I started our conversation with, that our ability to self-care is either modelled at a, such an early age or it's not modelled to us. And we end yeah. up going down the path that we have learnt and observed. And I think the greatest gift, if you do happen to be a parent, is model yourself so your children actually see, oh, this is what self-care looks like. This is, So it becomes mm-hmm. normal. It's not something foreign that then years down the track, you wonder why you're disconnected. You wonder why you're overscheduling. Yes. You wonder why you're feeling unfulfilled in your life and who you are in relationships and career and it goes on. And you start to create some very healthy habits from a very yeah. young age. Yeah. And you're right. That whole disconnection in the family as well, like that, that when we're taking care of ourselves and we're role modeling that helps to inc- to nurture that sense of connection within the family. Like it's so important. The, the other thing that I thought of in your previous comment was one of the questions or one of the points that I really sometimes bring to some of my coaching sessions is just this whole awareness of in the big picture, in the grand scale of things, at the end of the day, what's ultimately important? Is it important for you to be so busy, so financially focused, so engaged with so many activities of status and various bits and pieces that happen with society? Or is it actually important that you're happy within yourself and that you're content? And when it comes to our final moments, when we look back on our life, Ultimately, surely what we want to feel is that we lived a good life, that we were happy, that we were content, and that we satisfied our our needs. Does that resonate? I completely understand what you're saying. You can't take what you have in your life with you when you pass. And often it's a case of to be able to reflect upon your life and know that you have had this deep richness of connection and love Mm. and fulfillment. And yes, you know, all the other successes that may come with it along your journey. But the most important thing is at the end of at the end of it, when you are left with yourself and your memories, Hmm. is being able to look back and look at the difference that you've made in your own world and the lives of, you know, your friends and family and people around you. And that is, I think that's what it's all about at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I'd love to summarize because we've had such an amazing conversation. So (laughs) signs and symptoms, if you are suffering from a lack of self-care, if I can summarize as eloquently as you started off, Sharon, is (laughs) a sense of over busyness, uh, a sense of not feeling fulfilled, Mm. possibly carrying some resentment around in your world, Mm. feeling disconnection from yourself and those around you. Mm. So if you have some of these signs and symptoms, it may be an opportunity to question where you're putting your focus and where are you taking some time out for yourself. And you said another interesting point, Sharon, around 
and I love this, you could almost turn this into a little little strategy and a solution, mm-hmm. write down your recipe ingredients of what you need to feel. I have a saying, you know, to set yourself up to thrive or you're going to dive. Like what are the unique ingredients to sit down and ask yourself the question, what is it that you need to thrive in your life, firstly for yourself, to then feel connected and fulfilled and content to then be able to use that overflow in all the other areas of your life. But the journey really, it starts with ourselves first and foremost. So let's be clear on that. It starts with ourselves and being able to self-care and look after who we are just because we can. Yeah, I think it even goes beyond deserving it or feeling worthy of it. It's just an essential place to start the process. And then some strategies and solutions is having the commitment with yourself to show Mm -hmm. up for yourself somewhere in that day, have the 80-20 rule. I think you said one of the other importance was focusing on the how, not necessarily the what. Other way around, focus on the what, not necessarily on the how. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. And (laughs) letting loose, journaling, having a gratitude journal as well, playing music, giving yourself permission to play and be childlike, whether it's getting out your sketch pad by yourself and starting that creative process again Mm. and filling your, your world and your heart with song. Yeah. Yeah. And joy. Yeah. And it's your song. It's your specific song. I love that. Thank you. What a great conversation. Yeah, thank you. I've had a great time. Listen, if you'd like to work with Sharon, all you need to do is just pop over to hellocoach.com and you'll find Sharon on our platform. Thank you very much for joining our conversation today. I know that you'll be back for many more podcasts, conversations with us. Yeah, definitely. Thank you again very much for sharing some of your insights and your own personal experiences. So thank you about sharing some of what, you know, your own little (laughs) golden nuggets are along the way. And I'll certainly hit up Mark when I see him on our next podcast show. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for joining me here today, Sharon, and uh, look forward to catching up again. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. We hope you enjoyed this episode. As a special thank you for spending time with us, we'd like to give you a special Kickstarter coaching offer to help you build on your progress today. Your coach will help you break down your obstacles, clarify your goals, and set actionable steps to create the future you dream of. Whether you seek to improve your well-being, change your career, build your business, or deepen your connection with those around you. To kickstart your coaching, head to hello-coach.com today. We look forward to catching up with you and another inspirational coach next time. Until then, take care and remember, Hello Coach is here to guide you on your journey to your best life.